why did Jesus tell us that he's coming again? I mean, he didn't have to. He could have just shown up. What? That I don't. I don't think that's what the second coming is going to sound like. Whap. <laughs> Trumpets, the voice of an archangel, the shout of God. Woo! The special Wolf Mueller. Hey, YouTube theologians, by the way, special Wolf Mueller here. Sunday drive home, getting close to the end of the church year. So we're hearing about it in the Gospels. And Jesus today in Luke chapter 21 was warning about the destruction of Jerusalem, but then also the destruction of everything else in the second coming with this glorious promise. When all these things start to happen, straighten up, lift up your heads. Your Redeemer is drawing near. That's my favorite verse of the end times. The one who's coming is the one who came already with holes in his hands and his feet. How, how do you say the the hand that rule that holds the rod of iron that rules the nations was had a rod of iron put through it already. That's not that poetic, actually, but you get the idea, right? How the yeah. How about that for a picture? The hand of Jesus crucified with the nail going through it that says he will rule the world with a rod of iron. That, that's the artistic. Now, so the, the one who's coming is the one who came already to redeem us. And he comes on a rescue mission. So that he, he tells us ahead of time to bless us. Now, I'll tell you why. So... so there's a thing here about how you have to be a good steward of what you know. Why do you know certain things? So, so everything that you learn, you now become a steward of that information. This is important, by the way. You know, we and it's, you know, why do we, why do we watch the news? Why does the Lord let us see all the bad things that are happening in the world? What, so that we could worry about it and fret about it? No, that's probably not why He tells it to us. What does it mean to be a good steward of the news? To be prayerful for those in need that are away from us, to be caring for those in need that are close to us, so forth. And this is the I think I think the right way to start thinking about it. Why does Jesus warn us or tell us that he's coming again? Is it so that we can worry about it? Fret? Be anxious? Or remember that bumper sticker that used to hang around and said, uh, Jesus is coming soon. Look busy. Ha! That's not why either. <laughs> I think three, re I'll give you three reasons off the top of my head. And if you have other reasons, if you post them in the comments, that's nice. Thanks everyone for commenting, by the way. That's always great to, to have the conversation. Keep going. But here's, I think here's three ways. No, I'm expanding it. Here's four ways that we can be good stewards of the knowledge that Jesus is coming again in glory. Number one, repentance. And that's, actually, let me say it again. Number one and two, repentance. Because remember, repentance has two parts. The first part of re repentance is contrition, that we're sad about our sin, we're, we're contrite, we are sorry for doing bad things and wanting to do even more of them. And the second part of repentance, faith, that is we trust in Christ, the forgiver of sinners. 
that we believe in Jesus who forgives all of our trespasses and sins and so forth and so on. So that when Jesus says, I'm coming again, that is a call to repentance. In fact, the whole Bible is a call to repentance and the whole Christian life is a life of repentance. It's all, repentance is wisdom. It's all, it's like a, it's like a hack, by the way. Whenever I ask a question, the answer is almost always repentance. Did I tell you guys that's what I want on my, uh, on my tombstone? Here lies Pastor Wolfmuller, who always taught that repentance has two parts, contrition and faith. You know how no repentance is normally given to us in the old evangelical churches, the non-denoms and all that? that repentance is turning. But the, the word repentance, metanoia, is a change of mind. It's not a, it's not a change of action. It's a reorientation of where, where you're looking. And so instead of desiring the sinful things, we're disgusted with the sinful things. Instead of fearing God's wrath, we rejoice in God's forgiveness. And then the changed life follows as what the Bible calls the fruit of repentance. How about this? Here's a little soliloquy. Wait. Oh, it's only one sentence. Here's a little thesis. American evangelicalism confuses repentance for the fruit of repentance. Debate. Now, I think that's actually pretty easily defensible because the, the, the life of love that follows is what, like John the Baptist, when he's preaching, it's, it's like what he calls... Uh, the fruit. Who who warned you to bear fruit in keeping with repentance? So the good works and the changed life, that's the fruit of repentance. But you got to have repentance before you have fruit. You got to plant an apple tree before you get the apples. Which reminds me, man, am I distracted today, of the joke about what happens when you tape apples on your Christmas tree you get pineapples. See? Wrong. That's wrong. You gotta have repentance first and then you get the fruit. You gotta have contrition and faith and then comes love and patience and suffering. And that, friends, is the third thing, that third way that we are good stewards of the promise of the Lord's return. So contrition, faith. The third way is love. Is we know the time is short. Do good while it's day. The night is coming when none can work. Time is short. Get after it. There's love to be accomplished. Or there's neighbors to love and to serve. There's things you do. There, look, all of us have an expiration date, a finish line. That's part of the heart of wisdom. That we've, We number our days and we know that one day they're going to stop. And in fact, one day everybody's days are going to stop. There is a day called the last day. <laughs> and, and that heart of wisdom knows that it's on the way so that we get after it. I'm kind of, I got to talk about this in another place. But I'm kind of tired of this wisdom, this, this sort of cliche where you got to, people say, you got to take care of yourself first. Well, okay. If you're, if you're in such miserable shape that you, you need help and you can't help others, that's true. But no. The only reason 
you take care of yourself is so that yourself can manage to do something good for your neighbor. Jesus says it like this, no one has greater love than this, that he lay down his life for his, for his friend. We're, we're called to, to, to life lay down. Now look, don't, I mean, don't think that I'm, oh, like Pastor Wolfmiller is always laying down his life for everybody. We should, no, Ugh, I got to hear this more than anyone, but this is the point, is that we're, we don't have that much time, so we got to get after it. Let's just all run the race so that we can be poured out at the end and collapse across the finish line. Then, fourth, the fourth reason Jesus warns us is so that we can hope. There's this great longing for the last day. Come, Lord Jesus. How long, oh Lord, how long? And especially when things are tough. Especially when the enemies are just getting after you. Especially when life turns sour and bitter and the way is dark. Oh. To know that glory is on the way. You will go forth. <laughs> it says it in Malachi today. It said it in the last chapter of the Bible. You will go forth into the new heaven and the new earth like calves leaping from the stall. Now there's an image. <laughs> calves, little baby cows, pinned up all night. And now there's the green grass and the and the stall, the door to the stall opens up and they just bounce out. Boing, 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 boing. Just kicking their feet, dancing all over. <laughs> that's how, that's how we're going to be on the resurrection day. Leaping calves. Rejoicing calves. Delighting calves. <laughs> if anybody has calves hanging around, can you send me pictures of them jumping around? That'd be great. How about the internet has some of those? So that there's joy, there's peace, there's there's life, there's Revelation 21 describes it in terms of what's not there. No more tears, no more crying, no more death, no more cemeteries. No more test results, no more no more sinning and being sinned against. No more sorrow. Jesus is on a rescue mission. And the second coming for you who are in Christ. That's the rescue.
day of glory. It's the, the culmination of all God's promises. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. That's Sunday drive.